you so much. Good morning. Uh, I am honored and delighted to be in company and community with you fine folks. Um, this is only my second time here, and I'm just I'm so happy to be back. It, 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 is, it takes me back to when I was a young girl, and every Sunday, Mom would threaten to dump water on me so that we could get up and <laughs> make it to Mass on time. Um, <laughs> the title of my talk with you today is I'm Not Who You'd Expect, and for me, that that's so obvious in a lot of ways. Um, I was excited to be asked here again, particularly um, because I'm coming up on the 20th anniversary of my work. Um, you know, I, I have been part of the oldest profession uh, nearly 20 years, and right now as, as I come and think about how hard it is to continue in this role, and particularly for those of us who have been in the, been the business for a long time, and people don't trust us, and people don't come to us as, did I, the world's oldest profession, I meant journalism, storytelling. <laughs> oh. Oh, wait, what, what were you thinking? I saw some look, oh, okay, yeah, explain that. No, 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 I'm so glad, because I was going to say it's really hard right now for our seniors to find work. (laughs) Oh, boy, yeah, I should have taken you up on that coffee. Um, No, storytelling, reporting, journal, that's the world's oldest profession. From the time we were on the savannah and someone saw a flash of green and ran and everybody else ran too, the one who could say what I saw was and how I felt was, and and then you know what else happened? Once upon a time, those are the ones who can draw us in and really help us to understand what I believe to be the deepest and most powerful understanding shared amongst human beings. We are all connected. This time of year, no matter what faith tradition you come from or lack of faith tradition, because I'm kind of a raging heathen who's dabbling in spirituality, I don't know what I am. This time of year, we do All of us hold in our hearts and our minds the idea that something is coming. For the Christians amongst us, you know, my my mom is doing her Advent calendar, and, oh, baby Jesus is coming. You know, for my husband's family who have been celebrating Hanukkah, and we actually got to one night, that was awesome, go Lakis. You know, the expectation of, our traditions move forward. Our stories bring us together. Our communities and our families make us whole and strong. Um, for those folks right now who are in places of struggle and in places of disarray and actual literal war, we do know that things always do change. And we expect that things will change for the better. History shows us they usually do, but I'll get back to the historical part of storytelling in a bit. All around the world, people have 
the identical emotional responses to expectation. And, and we see it in the fact that our stories are the same everywhere. Uh, case in point, boy meets girl. Every culture tells that story. Romeo and Juliet, the Capulets and the Montagues, we hate each other, we hate each other. The kids fall in love. What do you expect? Chris Rock tells, uh, I've really got to clean this one up, but it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> Chris Rock tells, uh, tells a long, long joke, and in the, in the, in the nugget, the punchline is, you know, who you hate, your kids will date. You know, um, you know and, and he says that's why he doesn't, he chooses not to hate anyone because his friends who don't like Latino folks, and then he starts singing La Vida Loca, you know, it's, um, and it, it's, I, I see it, I see, so I, I'm pretty sure my kid's going to come home with a raging capitalist one day, but <laughs> he's seven, I got time to work on him, but yeah. Every culture tells the tale. Those people that you can't stand, those people that you want to go away, those people that you revile, one of them is going to attract that most loved one of yours and connect you, whether you like it or whether you don't. Because, again... We are all connected. That story really drives that one home. Um, fish out of water. Fish out of water is a great story. Oh, how do I do this? This is hard for me. I don't understand. Trading spaces, that classic Eddie Murphy yarn. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and a nutshell. That movie is 30 years old. 30. Wow. So uh, in a nutshell, trading, trading places, um, Billy Ray Valentine is a con artist. He's, he pretends to have no legs. I mean, he's on a skateboard, uh, and he gets literally picked up by cops. I won't go into the police. I do talk about police brutality, not this time. Disclaimer. But he literally gets picked up by police, and he goes, I have legs. It is a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, finds himself a pawn in a larger scheme to bring down Louis Winthorpe III. Um, the evil uh, multi-millionaire Duke brothers decide that they are going to steal a government crop report and make, corner the market on orange juice futures. Yeah, Eddie is so much better at telling the story. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it would come out to anything. But and, and the whole point is that, you know, the Duke brothers take this degenerate, low-life, lying, thieving con artist, and they give him a job. They give him adequate housing. They feed him really well. They give him some information and train him and He's actually working in the stock in the stock business with them, and he does a good job. Meanwhile, privileged and uh, legacy Lewis Winthorpe the Third. I mean, they had to focus group that name. I bet they, you know, figured out, you know, what is the most waspy sounding, you know. Uh, he he is framed for a crime he didn't commit. He's he's thrown out of his job. His girlfriend leaves him. 
uh, I think her name was Buffy, actually. <laughs> you know, um, his girlfriend leaves him, and 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 he and and he turns he turns to a life of crime. He he tries to steal a sturgeon from the Duke's Christmas party. He actually does. Um, <laughs> and at one point, Billy Ray Valentine, you know, says, "You know those people." They're just like that. They're just criminals. You can't do anything about it. And uh, one of the Duke brothers reminds Mr. Valentine of new legs. Um, you know, he's hungry. He doesn't have a job. He has no prospects. Everything he cares about has been taken from him. I don't know. Hmm. Circumstances seem to have something to do with it. Little... I, I just I take out all the jokes because I'm trying to keep this clean, but Trading Spaces, we all know and love that movie, and it really does a fabulous point at bringing it home. There but for the grace of, I, I say Hitchens, what do you say here? I don't know. There, you know, you know, you know the circumstances can bring us all to a place we never thought we'd be. We tend to have things within us that sometimes we wish we didn't have in us. But it's not that great a leap to go from here to here or vice versa because we are humans. We are connected. We are similar. And we all love Eddie Murphy. Yay, Eddie. Um, that darkness that can be within us, that darkness that plays very well for comedic effect, um, brings me to one of, one of my personal favorite uh, story types. Um, as a journalist, I, I uh, as somebody who is actually trained as a journalist, I do opinion, but like I don't just get up there and go, the pyramids were for grain, print that, you know. <laughs> We're entering a mass extinction. Global warming's not happening. 71 degrees on December 13th in Washington, D.C., so what? You know, that, that's not what I'm saying. That's not the darkness in me I'm talking about. Understanding from where we come can provide a wonderful roadmap to let us know where we may wind up. And sometimes... We have to be reminded by that storyteller, by that reporter, by that historian, you don't want to do that again. Remember when. And, and the, the dark times that could turn better could go badly, um, those are the stories that I really like because I just find myself living them. Uh, day in and day out. You, know, you remember when you, oh yes, yes, honey, we won't go this route again. Um, but we see in our culture right now a very similar story to a story that many of us we're taught, we're told about, some of us may have lived through, many of us have family that lived through, and we must be reminded to never forget. You know, some freaking blippity blip clown 
so distinctive looking, if you drew a circle and just did the hair, you'd know who it was. Um, it may be ableist language, forgive me, um, that's not my intention, but sometimes you actually have to say, he's stupid. He's an idiot. Nobody takes this fool seriously. What are you talking about? This idea has been tried before and it went badly. What are you... (laughs) Nobody takes them seriously. Just ignore it. Okay, we can't ignore it because it ain't going away. Okay, let's just... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give give him... What's he going to do? Appoint himself chancellor, president? What's he going to do? Make people wear signs telling them, telling everyone what religion that person is? What's he going to do? Make people who aren't the religion he says leave? How's that even going to work? He can't do that. Nobody takes that. Come on, that's, that's stupid. We've been here before, we've seen this before. We don't run into the people who were expelled because of their... Actually, we do. Actually, we do run into people. We may not run into people who were in camps, who were tattooed, but we run into people who were threatened because of their faith or their lack of faith. In this city right now, there are people, there's a dear friend of mine who was mistaken, his, forgive me, his neighbor was mistaken for him. He is a, he's another one of us raging heathens. Um, you know, he comes from Iraq. And uh, Faisal was on Facebook posting about, there is no God but Allah because there is no God. And they grabbed his neighbor who was his age, they do favor. I've I've seen pictures. They look alike, and um, they they butchered the other young man and left him for his family to find, thinking they'd killed Faisal. Faisal got put on a plane, and he came to the U.S. and he got to be here. He's been here five five years or so. The, one of the most patriotic people I know, he loves this country. He gets this country. This country literally let him come here and build anew and build afresh, and, and it doesn't matter what he believes or what he doesn't believe. I'm very, very close friends with a woman who fled an arranged marriage. How dare she? This is kind of funny. She, she tells it better than I do, and I have to keep it so we, we can't figure out who she is. She asked me to maintain her anonymity. But um, in a very Rome, uh, Montague uh, Capulet fashion, uh, these warring families were going to marry the two kids off to each other and bring peace. Well, the kids hated each other more than the grandparents did. <laughs> And she alludes to the fact that the, the boy wasn't as strong as she was. He was just going to bend to the will of what the elders wanted. And she said, oh, no. 
So she impersonated a person, um, cut her hair short and, you know, drew on some funny facial hair and, you know, and they thought maybe she was younger boy than she actually was, but she's not a boy. She's a woman making her own decision. And she got to the U.S. And she didn't marry that man, and her family is looking for her so they can come and kill her. Or maybe just throw acid on her. Because, you know, you do what you're told when you're a woman. How dare you not bend to the will? We have stories that explain what happened. There are BuzzFeed lists and great Facebook posts, and I could, I could probably throw a, uh, I wouldn't throw a rock because that's violent. I could probably offer to high-five anyone in this room who could tell me a refugee who did amazing things here. There was a really great, a really great post, Steve, um, you know, uh, I'm, how could I forget the Apple guy who was the... Thank you, yeah, son of Syrian refugees, you know. How dare you say you can't let those people in? My father's people were Muslim. I'm not. Nobody wants to abuse me or throw me out, technically. Unless your people came from here, I've prob- my people have probably been here longer than you. Our stories show us the paths down which we dare not trod. And we need to remember our stories right now. Because it ain't funny anymore. Because the hair, it's, the hair's funny. <laughs> but it ain't funny anymore. In the past week, there have been more than 40 documented hate crimes against Muslims. Muslim Americans and a few Sikhs. Who aren't even, but you know, why, why parse when you're, hate, when you're hating people? I can't tell. He was brown with a turban and good with computers, you know. <laughs> what does our history tell us about our connection and our need to be a haven to those who are in need? How old would Anne Frank be today? What if Albert Einstein had not gotten haven here in the U.S.? I mean, like America's first family, the Kardashians, I mean, like, where did they originally come from? That's a horrible example. <laughs> That's, <laughs> okay. Go editors. No Kardashian. (laughs) The greatness of this nation is that we are many. We are varied. We are male. We are female. We are none of the above. We are black. We are white. We are brown, red, yellow. Some of us are gray. (laughs) It's that time of year. Hygiene is important. Thank you. Thank you very much. We
we have all been fish out of water. We have all loved another person. Asterisk, some of us are only capable of loving ourselves, and then we get weird hair and lose our job to an immigrant. Go Arnold Schwarzenegger, host of The Apprentice, coming up. Yeah, an immigrant took his job, is going to take his job. We all have to be reminded we have been here before. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot remain silent when people want to divide other people because we are connected. We are one. I cannot hurt you without hurting myself. If I make you laugh, chances are I laugh too. The stakes are high and the need is great. And I'm honored that I'm part of the world's oldest profession, the actual world's oldest profession. Because it's my job to not just be the canary in the coal mine, but to tell other stories of other canaries in other coal mines and find that emotional response in every person I can come across to say, hey, remember when you needed something? Remember when your people were fleeing? Remember when you wound up here and you were embraced and you were able? It's time now to remember that and to spread that and to share that because the only thing that drives out dark is light. And our stories remind us of our connection and our light within. I expect we understand what are our marching orders. I expect that we will remember and we will draw upon our collective strength to drive out fear and foolishness and idiocy and stupidity and stupid hair. (laughs) Whether it's over a lip or it's flapping on top of a head. I expect that things will get better. I expect that will not be easy. And I expect that there are a whole lot of people who will be with me and who will be with those who need community. Thank you so very much. It's been an honor to address you today.